It's your boy Ricky K, and uh, welcome to My Stocks League podcast number eleven. And today we have a very special guest, Mister the Responsible Leader. <laughs> His name is. I'll let you introduce yourself. How's that? Tony Lopez, uh, from the United States, uh, born and raised in San Francisco, mm-hmm. California, and moved down to Tulum last year, where I met Ricky and the crew, and been having a fantastic experience um, Mm. with them learning about stocks uh, mutually sharing our experiences and uh playing playing a few making a few plays together making a few plays together so guys uh so we met tony um you know a few few, few months back actually last year i think it's a 2020 i met him and um you know he's actually a very experienced um trader he's not a like i learned a lot of things from him myself and uh, today um you know me and t were talking who should we have as a guest and um we're wondering uh, how about tony because you know i think it would provide a lot of value to our people well or our students you can say or be members of stop my stock like or anyone as a trader in general um i think you'll provide a lot of value today um give some valuable tips so Tony, why don't you tell me, uh, you know, before we move further, just to um, let people know, how did your trading career start? Like, when did you start? How did it all come into? I mean, how did you get your career? Into career? Well, um, I got my. I, I'm actually used to be a licensed uh, financial advisor. I had the Series Seven and Series Sixty Six license. I got that back in 2007. I started right out of college, and I was like, I'm here to make a lot of money. I don't know how I do it. And uh, I saw financial services as being kind of my ticket. So although I wasn't like trading for my clients, Mm -hmm. I was really working with money managers that were doing the trading. My job was to find clients and put them into the right uh, portfolios and the right strategies. So I my education started through osmosis. Just being around it and being in in an environment where it was always around the stock market I kind of just picked it up as a, um, a sixth sense and then jumped into it fully myself last year um, during during COVID. And I started to go just for I myself. Think that, that's when we met. And, you know, so you said 2007. The first thing that comes into my mind is the 2008 financial crash. Yeah, that's right. So how come you stayed and you didn't quit? Like, did you, I mean, Fuck. from, I mean, right at the beginning, you went through the, biggest turbulence that we had i think in yeah. the last uh, two decades um how was that yeah i mean it was interesting because uh, we went through a recession in the market yeah we went through um a, re- a recession in real estate mm-hmm. um it was intense and i was when i started my career i was like broke because <laughs> no one had any money no one, no one like but I find I kind of found this niche and I, I was like, all right, I'm going to start working with uh, clients where their advisors weren't calling them during the market downturn. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I actually picked up the most amount of AUM during the recession. Wow. Because wow. everyone was willing to talk to me, even talk though I was 22 years old. Wow. At that, um, I was about, I think, 16 or 17 at that time. And uh, I do remember um, now. That's the time I knew what the stock market was. That's when, uh, you know, in school, they have all these questions where math class. So I was like, you know, it's something that I always wanted to do something where there's a lot of money. Like yeah. I was never into I was not a job guy. So that crash, basically, I didn't know anything about the markets, but the big downturn happened. Right. My dad's uh, work was slow. 
for that crash one thing i learned that things recovered even though it was a big dip but things recovered right so that for me that was the biggest thing because uh, most people when they face that dip they end up selling and they're done for the life yeah they don't stay in for long enough right but i saw the recovery so i think for me as a young guy that was a really valuable lesson for myself yeah and uh so yeah but tony um so you know our um, listeners i think um obviously they want to learn some things from you one of the main things that i learned from you ever since i met you was playing deep in the money calls so so when i met tony back in uh, december january the first play that i the biggest options play i ever bought contract it was mst or micro strategy right yeah. when it was trading uh, near uh, 300 300 so tony's buying call valued at 68 dollars right uh, which is 6800 dollars per contract and i'm asking myself i'm like that's expensive i never usually go above five six seven i'm like 68 i'm like nah, nah, I'm, I, it's not something i want to buy but then i was like he knows what he's talking about right and um and i must hear at that time like you know what i think i need to learn from this big boy because of all the experience he has and i ended up buying ms chair at 68 dollars per contract and that ended up going up to about 300 which is like three, thirty thousand per contract i sold way early i sold 180 i think but uh why do you buy such deep in the money calls? Like now I have understood, but for our listeners, I'll let you explain. Uh, what's the benefit of that? I mean, why do you buy such deep in the money contracts? Well, um, at the time it was one, a little, it was a little bit out of like ignorance, honestly. Because yeah. it was like, I didn't want to be so far out of the money where mm. I was taking a huge significant risk because, you know, 6,800 bucks is 6,800 bucks. So money. I'd rather get it like right around the money. And then if at that time, if Bitcoin does what I think it's going to mm -hmm. do, then at least I'm mitigating my downside risk with, uh, if it goes up and it does what I think I'm going to do, I'm still going to be okay. Like but, I'm going to win. But how did you catch that right at the, I mean, uh, so this uh, MSJ is uh, mainly, it's all Bitcoin. If Bitcoin goes up, MSJ goes up, it goes down, MSJ goes down. How did you catch that squeeze on it? Like how, you ended up holding your contracts for much longer than me. Yeah. How did you know that from 300, went to 500, it was just going to continue going up. What gave you that mindset? I mean, two things, two things. Well, first we bought the dip and we bought the dip on it because an analyst from, uh, I think, I forget which, uh, which bank, but you know uh, a lot, so yeah. <laughs> uh, analyst said uh, that you know MSTR has is too much risk on their books by mm -hmm. buying Bitcoin, and there was a ten percent correction that day, and Bitcoin hadn't done anything. It was just ten percent down okay. that day because of an analyst's because of perspective. Comments, okay. So I'm like, fuck, like this is an opportunity. So. Mm -hmm. Um, within that week, I, we bought the calls. Yeah. Now we, we started doing well. Like, I think you're up 300% within yeah. two months, oh, yeah. something oh, yeah. like that. that I remember. Was up huge. I mean, because the gains are in bulk, right? So that's $6,800 for one contract. I sold them at 180, which is $18,000. Yeah. And that opened up my mind playing deep, like leaps, like in the money. Yeah. So, um, recently in Discord, a lot of people know I play a lot of leaps in the money now because of you. And I want to thank you because it has, uh, uh, grown my accounts like Nvidia. I bought 2023 called the 70 bucks, which are at 215 right now. Woohoo! Right? Yeah, Baba. I'm worried it leaves in 2023. Nice. Um, even though Baba didn't move, but the value held and now yeah. they're going up, so it looks great. And uh, um, but yeah, thank you for that. I mean, if you have big accounts, you guys definitely want to look into some uh, deep in the money calls and how to play them, right? And uh, 
Tony, another thing I want to ask as a trader, um, sometimes because you have so much experience in this, how do you control your emotions sometimes? Let's say you're in with 100K in a trade. Now, something that you really like and you already just bought it, let's say one day ago, but then someone like Peter or Warren Buffett comes and says, I don't like this, you know, we're selling this. Mm -hmm. How do you decide what to do? Even though your decision was not based on his, but like, you know, your own, um, that you're buying it based on your own research. Now there's a bias that one good, yeah, in the market said I'm selling, but then you have. Now, how do you come to a decision? Yeah. I, mean, I think that's really tough. Sometimes I get stuck myself. So how do you overcome that? I mean, do you hold, sell, or what do you think? Though? I mean, I think the, the most important thing is know yourself. Like uh -huh. that, that emotional intelligence, that self-awareness mm -hmm. of who uh -huh. I am, and I'm fucking stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, I don't care if I got like Peter Thiel, Warren Buffett mm -hmm. and whoever else on the other side of the table telling me mm -hmm. that this trade is ridiculous. I'm going to be too stubborn and stay in it. I know myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so you like, believe in yourself. I mean, you do your work before buying, which gives you the confidence. There's, there's an, yeah. And there's also, um, I, I do, I do believe mm -hmm. that the thing is trusting myself. Okay. So I got to trust my trades. There's a reason mm -hmm. why. I felt like this was a good trade and doing my best not to forget about that, you know, because if I am holding six months or uh -huh. three months, this call, mm -hmm. there's going to, there's going to be a roller coaster in there yeah, in between a lot of turbulence, obviously turbulence. Mm -hmm. So it's go going back into like figuring out, remembering why I bought this mm -hmm. and it's about, it's an integrity conversation. So when i hold a trade mm -hmm. i'm maintaining the integrity that i had with myself because i believe this is going to go up or down if i'm buying a put for a reason so i'm choosing to hold it because if i sell it i'm out of integrity with myself because many times i <clears throat> what i realized about myself you know before when i was um just love i mean i think before last year i used to uh, look at comments which were made in the market by other analysts or something and then i would sell my positions and then i would see that it didn't even do what the guy said in fact i was right so yeah. now yeah. Uh, whatever decisions i make in creating anything i buy sell it's 99 percent based on my own self if somebody does have a comment in the market and yeah. it matches in the same direction as me it's basically for me a double confirmation yeah yeah but i think the as a trader um so basically, we should always make our own decisions, right? I mean, if you blind follow the market or people, you're not going to make it. Because yeah. that means you just don't enough for the markets that you're trading. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, the, the risk mm -hmm. and being open to being wrong, too, is important. Mm -hmm. And like acknowledging that, hey, I fucked up on this one. Like was this out of ego or was this out of like intuition right. was this out of fear you know i made i i've i i made after mstr mm -hmm. you know that that was a, a huge trade for me i had a you know more that than more than one option contract exactly. on that and it ran up pretty pretty significantly mm -hmm. i mean um talk about emotions uh cockiness and <laughs> you know not being humble and like getting away from myself mm -hmm. on a fact where like, I was like, I'm, I'm really good. It doesn't matter. Like I'm mm -hmm. going to, 
the market's gonna. I'm gonna make the go. Even the market's not gonna go up. I'm gonna make I'm it gonna go make up. It That's go how up. like so, in denial I was at one point. In Discord, I usually say if you hit a big trade, don't act like the big guy in the house. The market teaches you that. That's yeah. right. Oh, it spanked me. And then in February, March, April, the three months were very tough for yeah. trading. Yeah. All the new kids uh, or the new traders that made money in the 2020 run up, people that took their 10k to 50k plus, they gave it all back in yeah. February, March. It just took two months. Yeah. Now, in those three months, I mean, we're experienced, so I'm pretty sure you managed. I managed myself. I give a little bit back to the market, obviously. Now, in your entire life career, I mean, ever since you've been trading, what's the biggest thing that you learned as a trader? Like, what was the one thing that you're very thankful that has helped you, like, over the years? Something, for me, there are many things that took me, like, five, six years to learn. Yeah. Right? How about you? What was that one thing that you learned as a trader? I mean, that you think... Thank you for asking that question. Thank yeah. you for asking that question okay. because it's about um, how am I receiving mm -hmm. these transactions? So what I mean by that is the attitude I'm holding as a trader. Am mm -hmm. I being grateful? You know, when I place a trade and it goes up and it does well, mm -hmm. am I like a spoiled brat and saying, give me more, give me more, give me more? or I want more, mm -hmm. right? This like greed, yeah. or am I being that grateful child that says, hey, like, thank you. And that's, that I'm, I'm happy with what I have. Like, I don't, if I get more, thank you. I appreciate so, that. So you manage that trade basically, or you scale out at the right times, um, right? or? Let me think about that. I mean, that's the technical side the of it, right? That's side, like yeah. a technical, but mm -hmm. I guess um, on the emotional side the is the attitude. Side, yeah. That's the attitude. What's the attitude? Now, and then the attitude is going to dictate the action, like scaling. It down. is. Now, um, last month, just recently, uh, a lot of guys in our group bought Viacom. So just yeah. uh, based on that, just, just an example. Yeah. So they had uh, two uh, separate uh, positions. One of them is a student of mine. Uh, he's very good on learning. He's new, a few months old. Now, he uh, had a... So the first contract went to zero. I mean, and Viacom did not make the move, but he was also holding another lay in July 16 calls for uh, two weeks out. Now, as those contracts were down as well. So when they came back to his break-even price, he didn't, I don't think he looked at technicals, nothing. He just sold out of fear. He hated the stock that my first contract went to zero. Second one, oh, it's break-even, let me just take this out too. But had he held, those went up almost 200% the same day, right? So sometimes, I mean, as a trader, if your position in a stock was down to zero for once, that does not mean you hit the stock. You forget and move on, basically. Right. And in future, you cannot compare it to the past performance, I guess. Yeah. I mean, now let's take no. a look at that. You mm -hmm. know, like what's the attitude of a trader? I'm not like I've placed trades like that in my mm -hmm. past. So I'm not going to single out this trader. Well, of course. But the 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 first call, right? It sounds like they used a ladder call, right? They laddered mm -hmm. the, the, the dates. And on the first one, they missed, they hit zero. Hit zero. Right? Yep. So what are natural emotions of a trader that they're gonna experience? One is scarcity, right? Yep. Natural, For sure. yep. right? Like it's scarce, like I've lost. Mm -hmm. So now I'm gonna want to take what I have. So mm -hmm. next week I broke even, I got it all back. That's a decision that you've, I'm sure you've made. I know I've made out of right. scarcity. Right. So if I'm gonna. If my attitude is to be scarce. I'm gonna have scarce rate returns mm -hmm. of not having enough, and thus be negative or even wipe out my account. So I think the attitude there is being abundant and just like being and patience, right? Like patience, patience is, patience is like patience, abundance. Patience is must. 
because if you're trading options, you need to understand, like for our listeners, um, if you're buying an option from a dollar, it can go to 10 cents, but from 10 cents, it can also go to 10 bucks. In options, anything is possible. Yeah. I personally don't put any stop losses on options on trading. For me, if I start at zero, it's a hit, as long as I'm up overall. I net, love that attitude. Right. Um, I mean, that's you're like all in why, on your trades. That's it, because I know my trades. When I hit them, out of five trades, I know I'm going to hit three at least with a 100% average. So that leaves me with 20% net over on my um, overall position entry that I put in, right? What's one of the biggest uh, mistakes that you used to make, right, that you no longer make that has helped you grow your account? Um, yeah, it's it's being like making sure I'm having fun. Having fun. Like I gotta, I gotta, when I'm trading, I need to make sure that I'm having fun. Like it's truly a game. <laughs> and then like, there's a, it, it can be very it, unaware. I can barely all of a sudden become serious, <laughs> right? Like it's serious. Like money is serious and yeah, like trading, I'm a trader, like it's serious, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, I don't, I don't excel. I just don't do well. I don't like look at my track record. Like it's not there. My results are not there when it's serious, mm. but when it's fun and I'm, and it's a game and I'm coming to my stock life, I'm like, I'm, I'm here with my teammates and we're going in on trades together and we're coming from like a bun. Like that's, that's my, my true North is, am I having fun? And if I'm not at that like vibration, if I'm not like in this playful state, I got to scale back. I got to scale. I'm not making new trades. I got to be more in a cash position. I got to find my center because my center is fun. My center is we're in this together. It helps you basically make better decisions, I guess, because I know a few weeks ago you took a little break because yeah, well, I mean, what happened? Why? I mean, you stepped back a little bit. Like I remember. Yeah, it's because things got serious. Things got serious. And um, what was interesting is that my, I was making the right, I had the right calls, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't patient or I wasn't like exiting them at the right time Mm -hmm. or I didn't get in at the right time. Like my, my analysis was correct. My, my calls were still spot on, Mm -hmm. but the energy I was going into them were not right. Something was the off. The timing wasn't there. It wasn't yeah. okay. So I, I in and exactly out. What you mean? You know, like something was off. There's a disconnect. I feel I feel it's better just young cash does not even trade because in the month of April I traded very less, very little. Okay. March I didn't. I barely made any trades. And the group I would tell people guys patience, patience. A lot of people didn't like that fact because they want to trade every day. Yeah. And now a lot of people have learned. People that have been with us for. In a long time and in the month of may we started in april may june absolutely crushed it yeah and, you know, in those two months we made all the gains back for the last three months right every Very day nice. there i mean so many thousand percent plays in my stock like in the last two months like they're countless it's yeah. not even one yeah 100 is like normal people are not as happy with 100 no more yeah and i tell them 100 don't take them lightly that's a big amount that's a yeah. big jump right yeah well but my stock life our guys are um, a little spoiled Right and um, I see them a lot. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I see these thousand. I mean, I it gets me to thinking. It's like, is my hundred percent trades even good enough? It's good. <laughs> you know, it happens. I mean, T and LB absolutely crushed it this month. Uh, T came with some crazy setups, which he nailed. LB he comes out trades out of nowhere. Yeah, he right. Does. And then we have a lot of members. Of, so many to name. 
And I do want to give them some shout outs, but um, they're just absolutely killing it. Yeah. Uh, and, may I add one thing that I forgot? Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, another thing that uh, I was doing it on my own mm -hmm. during those like rough months. Yes, yes, yes. Where I wasn't listening. I, I wasn't like I had this amazing access to my stock life mm -hmm. and I wanted to still do it on by myself. And it wasn't until I said, I was humbled myself. I was like, I, this is, this game is just way too hard to do this by myself. Like <laughs> I got to share. You got to share. You got to have a team. I mean, we have, well, I think 15 people in the team here just handling things, which is, yeah. And still sometimes we, we, you know, I mean, for this podcast alone, I mean, Matt Coleman hugs. It took them one hour just to set this up. Absolutely. And now they're going to do editing and whatnot. But, but uh, Tony, the last thing that I do want to ask uh, now, a little tip for our listeners. Chinese stocks are down a lot right now for yeah. the year. Yeah. They're not green. Yeah. I am loaded in JD and Baba. I mean, anything can happen. Who knows? We haven't seen the market. Maybe they can go much lower. You did well on JD, right? But oh yeah, no, no, two weeks ago, I actually lost big. I had a big position in JD. Okay. But I recovered with Amazon Shop, um, Baba. I recovered. That was a timing thing, right? Yeah, it was just timing. But JD, I do have leaps, which are looking great. Great. What do you think of the Chinese market right now? I mean, just give me a little opinion, Arvon, because we're doing a lot of Chinese news trades right now. What yeah. do you think of the Chinese market in the coming months? I mean, I'm, I'm a macro guy. Uh -huh. I'm not a micro guy. Okay. But let's I'll give you my perspective on mm -hmm. macro. Macro is the pendulum always swings in the other direction. Okay. So what that means is everything is cyclical. If Chinese mm -hmm. stocks has not been in the green, especially this year, mm -hmm. it's a great time to consider some of these some of these stocks, right? right. It's going down. It's going to eventually start coming up. Start coming up. So right. I believe in things that are cyclical, mm -hmm. and um, because you mentioned that, there's also some like interesting things going on in the economy, on. and yeah. also with the new variant, with the Delta variant that could make some interesting things happen in the future. But, you know, I can't predict it, but it's well, a great time move, to buy. But, uh, I know you last time we bought Beaky, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Our options went up huge. That's right. And the funny thing is I only sold some, but I never sold all of them. So I kind of just broke even on the trade. Okay. I think they went from six to like 15 or something, which was good. And now you bought Beaky again. Yeah. So last year for Beaky, why, why did you buy Beaky? <laughs> just uh, the chart, it's a, it's a good chart. Yeah. Okay. And I like its volatility. I yeah. really, really, really like its volatility. Mm -hmm. But for me, what I am going to uh, talk more into is also looking into energy. I think energy yeah. is a similar uh, sector. I think I like energy. I'm actually, uh, I covered in the pre-market trade as well. Uh, I'm looking to buy some oil stocks for the coming uh, weeks. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, T called our PBR uh, not too long ago. We nailed it. We took our... Profits, I wish I held it up a lot higher. Yeah. But um, one ticker that I am looking at is OIH. If you're listening, OIH, right? So keep an eye on that one for the coming months. And uh, so guys, from this podcast, I hope you guys learned about many things. Uh, mainly, um, Tony shared a lot of things with you guys, you know, how to control your emotions, um, his own personal experience, and, uh, you know, just himself, how he handles his trades and positions. So I hope uh, that helps and uh, a lot of you guys are doing amazing in the group. Keep it up. So many of you went from premium to diamond. Congrats. That's your hard work. And uh, we love you guys and uh, we'll see you guys again on the next one. Anything time for a, a tip? Yeah, I mean, I... Closing out. Yeah. Uh, just to close out, I mean, things that I'm... Uh, uh, I would say it should be on your uh, stocks that you're following is team, T-E-A-M. 
and also uh, speaking into the energy sector, I just bought some calls on fuel cells. So looking at October, check that out. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this and uh, we'll come back with another bang next week. Let's see who, Elby's coming back, but he's not going to be back. Okay, maybe we'll do a podcast with him. I don't know. But we'll have someone else exciting next next week. Let's see who it is. See you guys. Ciao.